Connecting for positive change. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Net Zero Talks podcast series brought to you by Innovate UK KTN. I'm Neilan Banks, Knowledge Transfer Manager for PLACE and the lead for the Net Zero Places Innovation Network, which is a two-year flagship programme dedicated to supporting local and regional authorities and agencies to connect, collaborate, inform, share experiences and lessons learned in order to adopt innovation and level up across the UK. Before I introduce our guest today, let me tell you more about the podcast series and the Innovation Network. The Net Zero Talks podcast series has been created to hear from the experts and local authorities on the challenges to reaching net zero. So basically, we work with authorities to help identify the challenges to meet net zero, promote these challenges to engage innovators across sectors and collaborate with public buying organisations to make sure the solutions are procurement ready. Our goal is to provide practical insights into different topics on how to achieve net zero in places. Also, before deep diving into the topic today, if you haven't already, please go to Innovate UK KTN website through the link in the description and sign up to receive the newsletters and updates of all of our activities. You'll also find out more about future episodes of this podcast series there too. In this episode, we ask our guests, what are the key challenges for local authorities in meeting net zero and what can be done to support them? In this discussion today, let me introduce you to our host, Kezia Williamson, Head of Place at Innovate UK KTN, and our special guest today, Patrick Alcon, Head of Local Net Zero Team at the Department of Energy and Industry Strategy, and Crati Greenhull, who is at Leicestershire County Council and is the Environment and Net Zero Carbon Programme Lead. So over to you, Kezia, today. Thanks, Nilam. As, as I was introduced, I'm Kezi Williamson, Head of Place at Innovate UK KTN. And my role is to connect national and regional innovation and encourage the distribution of economic and societal well-being across the UK. This means doing activities in places for the benefit of those places, just like the Net Zero Places Innovation Network. Patrick and Katie, thank you very much for joining us today. Before we start, would you like to take a minute to introduce yourself to our listeners? Um, Katie, would you like to go first? Yes. Hello, everybody. I'm Katie Greenhalgh, Environment and Net Zero Carbon Lead at Leicestershire County Council. Um, and my role is really to oversee delivery of environmental and net zero objectives within the county and look at how we can accelerate the pace and scale of delivery. Brilliant. And Patrick? Hello, everyone. Um, Patrick Alcorn. I am head of local net zero team in Bays, uh, where we are looking at how all of the different net zero programmes can be delivered in places um, and supporting community groups, local authorities, local enterprise partnerships across England and the devolved administrations uh, beyond that on um, tackling their challenges on net zero and uh, supporting their contributions to the national ambition on uh, net zero. Brilliant, thank you. So let's start with the the big picture then. What do you see as the biggest overarching challenge for local authorities in meeting net zero? Perhaps, Patrick, we start with you for that, the big picture, and then we can go down to the practical, what Katie thinks of in real reality. So I think I think the biggest overarching uh, issue at the moment is scale. And I say that because it leads down to a number of the smaller component uh, problems. But at the moment, uh, local government 
doesn't have the capability and capacity. It doesn't have the finance and it doesn't have the planning or pipeline of projects to attract investment at scale. So there is a, a, a dependency on either government grant or one-off commercial projects uh, that the local authority can take forward at any one time. And that means that uh, innovation, innovation, commercial funding and um, real, real systems change is very, very difficult to get to because everyone is doing just a very tiny part of the problem at any one time. And so that the ability to scale up um, either through working across bigger areas, creating aggregated programs and projects, unlocking um, that opportunity to draw in commercial funding, I think is, is the biggest challenge that local authorities face um, in tackling net zero. Katie, does that resonate with you? Yeah, I would completely agree with, with that. I think this is a really challenging space for local authorities. And I think you need to combine that with the fact that net zero is just one of a whole range of services and functions and statutory duties that a local authority has to face. And particularly recently, there's been some very urgent short term priorities for local authorities to address. So um, covid the war in Ukraine, cost of living crisis, you know, these are, are huge challenges for local authorities and can all often, you know, take the immediate priority. So I think there's a challenge for us to look at how we um, ensure that tackling climate change and achieving net zero remains a high priority now and for the next decade um, in the face of these other more short-term and immediate challenges. And I think if you combine that with looking at what the actual role of the local authority is. Um, I know that there's you know, wide acceptance that local authorities play a really integral role in achieving net zero. Um, but if you look at kind of an, an area's emissions, only about one to two percent of those are actually emitted by the local authority. There's maybe 30 to 40 percent that we have a significant level of control or influence over. So it leaves a huge proportion of emissions which we're relying on engagement or supporting others to take action. And I think that's quite a challenge in space, especially, you know, going back to Patrick's point, looking at how we shape that investment and bring together these packages of work. It's it's challenging when you look at um, the specific role that the local authority has to play within that. Um, and I think that's before you even get down to some of the practical issues, you know, looking at supply chain capacity, skills, the time frame to deliver some of these really significant programmes of work. So there's a whole range of, of things that come together, I think, to make this a really complex issue. Yeah, that's it sounds very overwhelming when you um, frame it like that all at once. What, so give me the good news. What's working well? What, what's what's working in your favour at the moment, Katie? Well, I think we've we have made some really good progress in recent years. So you'll remember a couple of years ago there was the uh, the kind of wave of climate emergencies that came about. So it is recognised now that climate change is a key priority, and it's often core to local authority strategic plans. And lots of authorities have produced net zero strategies and action plans. So it, it is seen as as a priority, which I think is is great. And we've also seen the support from central government. So 
particularly in programmes like the domestic retrofit funding that's coming out of Bayes. <clears throat> so I think that, you know, that that kind of cash boost has really helped us to accelerate what we're doing um, and look at scaling up and delivering um, a wider range of, of programmes to support net zero. Um, but it, you know, there's still that question of, of scale linking back to, to what Patrick was saying earlier. We retrofitted maybe 300 homes in Leicestershire this year. Um, we need to look at how we retrofit 300,000 over the next decade. So it, it, it links back to that question of scalability and securing that significant level of investment needed. Patrick, thinking across all the different local authorities, what do you think is going well? Where do you see the sort of progress being made? Well, as Katie says, I think uh, the growth in ambition um, politically and locally has been um, immense uh, over the last three years. And again, as Katie says, you know, uh, some of that has been slightly pushed back because of COVID, cost of living, uh, those sort of issues. Although I would argue that um, a lot of this work um, has the potential to have a major impact on the cost of living. Uh, so warmer homes, uh, reducing energy bills, renewables, local renewables, uh, potentially uh, providing uh, alternatives to oil and gas from Russia. So there are there are plenty of crossovers in this space. I think what we've seen, though, is an excellence in individual places in tackling parts of the problem. So you'll see places that have done really well on heat networks or really well on um, other elements of uh, decarbonisation. So cities taking forward EV charging infrastructure or retrofit programmes and, and really getting partnerships and developing those. Uh, the work that Bristol has done around City Leap, uh, the work Nottingham has done around domestic uh, housing, the work that the North East has done around mine water heating and the opportunity to repurpose mines for heating communities. There's a there's a really, really big uh, movement and, and people keep talking about um, a, thousand, a thousand flowers blooming. And I think that's true. I think the the issue with that is that no no one can see all thousand flowers and uh and and so we're picking off parts of the problem but we're not solving the whole of the problem all in one go so um you know it's it's a really interesting space at the moment because everywhere everywhere is taking forward something and doing it really well uh but how do you make all of that add up to a national outcome yeah how how do you do that <laughs> Got any thoughts? <laughs> well, so I think, I mean, I think, you know, so the work that we're doing here through uh, KTN and, and spreading that knowledge, um, the work that we've done with Energy Systems Catapult on Net Zero Go and creating an online platform for local government to share best practice. I think uh, the work that APSI and the LGA and uh, ADEPT do on knowledge sharing and, and co-working so a lot of that it will will significantly accelerate because if you start to share legal documents, if you're starting to uh, do joint procurements, if you're starting to look at uh, how you work together as as the three cities in in the West Midlands are doing or or the West Midlands Combined Authority, um, 
you start to you start to increase the capacity in a single local authority by working across two or three and therefore you have more bodies your the scale of your ambition uh, goes up because you're covering instead of 300,000 houses you're now looking at a million homes um and and we're starting to see those partnerships but it is all quite uh nascent at the moment it's it's uh and there's a lot of trial and error so we have to keep uh, sharing that best practice and talking to people and bringing people together. And that, I think, is the biggest uh, opportunity. Well, you're talking my language if you start talking about collaboration. So, KTN, all in favour of that. How are you seeing that develop, Katie, for Leicestershire? Are you seeing those kind of partnerships developing? Where are you in that journey? Yeah, I think it's it's so essential for us to work together. Not everyone can be an early adopter. Not everyone can can take the risk. And it's really important to learn the lessons that that those organisations go through um, to to make projects more deliverable, um, reduce that that risk and the pain of of setting up these sorts of projects. So, I think that's really essential. And networks like this will be incredibly valuable in sharing that knowledge and working together. Um, and something that we're trying to champion in, in Leicestershire, so we've we've recognised, particularly as a, a two-tier area, um, we can't deliver this alone as a county council. We need to work with our neighbouring um, authorities and, and the districts within the council. And there's no point in us duplicating efforts. You know, we can have a much greater impact if we do work together. We can have a, a greater reach. Um, and not just within the public sector, as, as I said before, there's a limit to the control and influence that authorities can have. It's going to be really important for us to work with the private sector, um, all sectors and residents to to create change and, and to drive this forward and, and share that knowledge and learning. I mean, you've got you've got me and Patrick sitting here with, with open ears. So is there anything in particular that you think is missing from this picture of support that you've that you've got at the moment? Um, I think I'd like to see knowledge share on a, a very practical level. So as, as Patrick was saying earlier, even looking at sharing contracts and, you know, some of these project setup phases can be very expensive and time consuming. So the more that we can share you know, specific practical documents and processes, I think that's going to be incredibly beneficial, save time, mean that we can deliver um, more efficiently and bring projects forward more quickly um, so I think that very specific and, and practical knowledge share, as well as hearing, <clears throat> you know, more generally about projects that are being delivered and the benefits of those, I think sharing the difficult bits would, would be really helpful. Yeah, we're hearing that message a lot of, we want to hear not just the success stories, but the whole nitty gritty details of, you know, what happened along the way, perhaps what went wrong, how can we learn from that? So yeah, I think we're seeing that too from, from other voices that it's really getting into that practical detail now is where we're, where we're at. Yeah. And I think what, what didn't work is almost as useful as, as what has worked and can stop us, you know, uh, using time up that could be spent developing up other options. And I, th- I think, I mean, from our perspective, that's why we're trying to, we are working at the moment on that zero go to limit it to local authorities so that they have the security to to create those relationships and to build uh, that, that wherever they are in the country through an online platform. 
But alongside that, we've also got the net zero hubs in England. Um, so the five hubs that have capability and capacity paid for by Bayes, but employed by local authorities to support those individual officers in local authorities, uh, help them develop project pipelines, help them understand what else is going on across the region, where there's join up. And then I, the final thing I'd say is that um, later, uh, well, in the, in June, we will have the first of the Net Zero Forum meetings, which brings local government representation from across England, uh, together with uh, central government representation from half a dozen different departments, all with a, a stake in Net Zero, to actually start to to build the understanding between central government and local government around the barriers that they face, the issues, and and to try and work out how we can how we can support each other which in what is a joint uh, endeavor but at the moment doesn't always feel that way from either side yeah that's great to hear do you want to say anything more about the particular themes that you're looking at for those for the the national forum patrick well so i think i mean it comes back to uh, uh, the issues i think we talked about at the start so the big big issues uh, that we're looking at uh, to start with um, in the forum will be things around the roles and responsibilities of local authorities. So what is the expectation uh, of national government on local authority delivery? Um, there's uh, a work strand there around uh, finance, uh, both in terms of streamlining, potential streamlining of government funding. So a recent NAO uh, National Audit Office report identified some 22 different funding streams in government to local government for net zero, which is clearly um, clearly carries some significant overhead costs for, for local authorities to access. Uh, but also in terms of blending finance, so, you know, attracting commercial investment, understanding where that is. So, uh, and we're doing a piece of work with Connected Places Catapult at the moment, uh, supported by core cities and London councils on on understanding what uh, asset classes and what investors are looking at uh, to bring investment to local authorities. So rather than just talking to the local authorities about what investment they need, talking to the other side about what sort of projects, what sort of um, programs, what sort of ambition they need to see before they can would consider investing. The capability and capacity issue, the knowledge sharing issue, all of that side of things is a is a third uh, element of it. And then I think the what is probably fourth on the list, but may need to be first in terms of in terms of the actions that local authorities take is is around the uh, data and reporting. So uh, creating an evidence base, creating local area energy plans or pathways or that bring together the the buildings, the transport and the energy systems and you really understand how those three interact in a place so that you can design and develop practical solutions. Uh, a, li a little like Katie was saying earlier, you know, it has to happen on the ground. There's stuff on the ground already. You you need to you need to work through whatever that is. You can't you no local authority has a blank sheet of paper to go, this is what our net zero town or city or 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 region will look like. So um, that data and reporting is really key, I think, in terms of evidencing um, uh, progress against the climate emergency motions and action plans, but also against the national uh, programme where 
we don't necessarily see local because our sectors are all national. And so that interplay and ensuring uh, we understand how that interacts with the carbon budgets is really important. Katie, do you want to respond to say anything on that one? Uh, no, I think those those are all kind of useful points and, and that complexity and how, how cross-cutting net zero is, is, you know, that, that is a significant challenge. You know, it's, it's transport, it's property, it's public engagement and particularly being in a rural council. And it's, it's also the natural environment and how we best use land and engage with um, landowners. So it's got so many dimensions. There is so much complexity there. So anything that can can help us to kind of cut across that and look at um, some of these facets together as a whole, I think will be really beneficial. Um, And I think particularly the local area energy planning, that's a a piece that we're trying to pull together um, in Leicestershire. And it's not cheap. That's, that's you know, one of the initial barriers paying for these big pieces of of research and evidence gathering. Um, But there's so much value in looking at how these these different areas overlay and how electric vehicles will impact on how a property is heated and you know so so many kind of ways that that net zero connects um which yeah just makes it even more interesting to deliver so i feel like i've been on a little roller coaster already just in this sort of really short time we've been chatting because it sort of started out we had these huge challenges and i was thinking oh it's too big we can't do it but actually hearing both of you speak more about well yes it is a massive challenge but we've already got lots of support mechanisms in place is already you know partnerships are developing we're looking at these big cross-cutting we kind of know what the challenges are and we can start to unpick those and unpick them collaboratively you know working together this is not one person trying to solve or one department even trying to solve these these challenges so I don't know. I'm feeling a bit more optimistic now. <laughs> you brought me round. Hopefully that was your your intention. Yeah, thinking about then, yeah, final thoughts or takeaways. What would you like listeners of the podcast to sort of take away from from this looking at this big pictured conversation? What's the yeah, what's your takeaway message? So for, so from my side, uh it's very easy to feel isolated. Uh, There aren't always many people in any one local authority in any one place working on uh, these issues. And so uh, reach out to the networks. There are lots and lots of different networks out there um, for local authority officers, uh, for directors, for uh, finance officers. There are membership organisations. I've mentioned a few. Um, There's Net Zero Go. There's you know, get involved, make connections, build the partnerships, not just locally, but across uh, the sub-regions. Uh, give your uh, regional hub manager um, a call, introduce yourself, get to know the people, because there is a huge amount of support out there. Um, I think the other thing is, is all of that support now needs to pull in the same direction. Um, so bringing one of our tasks as government, I think, is to try and bring all of those different organisations, third sector, business, uh, innovation, all all together and, and put the combined weight and value of that into supporting the local authorities co- consistently and uh, coherently, uh, because it's very easy for a councillor 
to make a decision not to do something uh, because there's conflicting advice. It's much harder for a councillor to commit his council or her council to spending hundreds of thousands, millions of pounds of taxpayers' money on something that may or may not work as an innovation step and to be at that forefront and to drive this agenda forward. So giving them the confidence to make the decisions that they need to make, I think, is really, really key. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with that. I think this this is a huge challenge. It's a huge global challenge. It, it's so cross-cutting. It requires action from all sectors, all, all residents. So as a local authority officer, that can sometimes feel overwhelming and, you know, it can be a struggle. But I think we're all in it together. As Patrick said, there's loads of support available. There's loads of really good work underway. There's so much to learn from. Um, so I think it's just, yeah, holding on to those positives and just keeping going, keeping to delivering what we can um, and accelerating that activity wherever possible. Um, so yeah, I, I feel quite positive in, in the journey that we're we're going along. And we know that there's a huge support from the public as well. Um, and many, many people are, are willing to, to take action. So it's not just um, us delivering this alone. It's, it's definitely a movement that we can continue to deliver together. Yeah, and I think that community engagement piece is something we're going to pick up as well going forward. And yeah, just to to add to that, of course, I'm going to advocate everyone joins the the innovation network from KTN where we you know we're building this community to make sure we're getting these connections and this cross working. But I would also you know engage as Patrick said with the catapult activity. So whether that's the net zero go from the energy systems catapult or the net zero navigator from the connected places catapult, your net zero hubs, all of this activity. We're working really hard to make sure we're all connected in the back. So you don't worry about that. You know, get get connected to any one of these points and, you know, you should get access to the whole lot of it for, from there. So I think we're probably about time to wrap up. I'm waiting to see if someone's going to, like, shout at me that we should stop talking. But I think we, yeah, Nilam's giving me a thumbs up. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Patrick and Katie, for joining us today. That was a, a really great discussion. And I'm so pleased that you brought me back from the pit of despair to a real sense of optimism and uh, hope for the future. I uh, hope everyone else enjoyed the discussion as much as I did. And I'll pass back over to Nilam to close us out. Thank you, Kezia. And thank you so much for hosting this episode. And again, Patrick and Katie, thanks for joining us. We couldn't do these podcasts without you guys. Um, so thank you for listening. All the links are in the description and don't forget to sign up to receive our newsletter and updates for the latest activities, which Kezia mentioned. All the information will also add the links to the other aspects that Patrick had mentioned. So Net Zero Go Tool and the Navigator Tool and other links to access the Net Zero hubs. Um, in the next episode, we will be discussing the importance of decarbonising buildings for Net Zero. So please join us next time and Thank you all for following us and we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll come back for more. Until next time. Connecting for positive change.